This is the AWC City Voice podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington cities. The Association of Washington Cities is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that represents all 281 cities and towns before the state legislature, the state executive branch, and with regulatory agencies. My name is Emma Shepard. I'm here today with Logan Barr, one of our AWC government relations advocates covering emergency management and cybersecurity, energy, human resources, labor relations and pensions, and transportation. Welcome, Logan. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's jump right in. We're past the halfway mark of the 105-day session now, and we're seeing a lot of floor action in these coming weeks as legislators work against the clock to pass a reasonably high number of bills this year. From your perspective, how's the session going so far, Logan? The session's going about as can be expected. We're um, coming up quickly on the House of Origin cutoff. That's Wednesday, March 13th, and that's the next big hurdle where, where b- bills need to, to keep moving through the system. Um, the House of Origin means that a bill that was originally introduced into the House needs to be out of the House by Wednesday. Otherwise, it no longer uh, is moving through the lawmaking process. Um, that is sort of the general rule, and then there are special rules for um, things that are necessary to implement the budget. Yeah, and I've heard those are guidelines, right? Because they're because um, bills that can't move through the process anymore due to cutoffs, we call them dead. But there's no such thing as a dead bill, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, I don't know that I'm talking about any dead bills today, but there are a number of dead bills that we've been tracking. And, and really nothing is dead until the session concludes. So it could be uh, moved or it could be incorporated. The policy could be incorporated somewhere else. So nothing is really ever dead. So how are things going in the transportation realm, and what, we, what can we expect to see? There's a lot going on this year. There will be a transportation budget, and there has also been, um, outside of the budget, there's been a new proposal for a transportation fun- funding package, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. Let's walk through the list of transportation bills that we're tracking so far. Um, for the listener, keep in mind that at press time, some of the status updates on these bills are moving quickly, so check our legislative bulletin on our website or the legislature's website for the most recent information on the items that we're going to discuss. First, we have on our list semi-autonomous delivery robots, something that we lovingly call cute robots around here. Can you tell us about these bills and what the issues it looks to address? Yeah, so this is um, these are two bills that are continuing to move um, in different versions. The, House, the Senate version is currently a work group proposal, and the House version is um, kind of a regulatory, regulatory framework for these new devices um, called semi-autonomous delivery robots. Um, in the bill, they're called personal delivery devices, or PDDs, um, and essentially they're little robots that sometimes are autonomous and sometimes are controlled by a remote operator and their intent is to deliver property um, from uh, one place to another. And uh, we've, these are sort of under the new transportation issue of micro-mobility um, and sort of first mile, last mile kind of things. Um, motorized scooters and bike shares are also in that category. We've been looking at these through a regulatory framework of how do we safely incorporate these devices into our current transportation system, given all our right-of-way management responsibilities. So um, you, you referenced earlier that you know when this goes, when this podcast will be sent out, um, it's all kind of subject to change. Where this morning I was in 
over an hour meeting on this bill trying to hammer out some language. So uh, we're really in the thick of it right now. Great. Thanks for the update on those. And really, you should Google them because they're pretty cute. They ride around on the sidewalks. Tell us a little about um, what cities want included in this bill. Well, ultimately, we just want the, the, the maintenance of our current local authority to um, permit these devices so that they can safely operate on the rights of way. So the next on our list is the motorized scooters bill, which is House Bill 1325. And I've heard motorized scooters thrown a lot around a lot this year. It's a hot topic. Um, for some of those, those of us who live in a smaller community like me, I haven't heard or seen about these yet. So um, when I first heard about it, I thought about toy scooters. So tell me what a scooter is and what uh, these bills address. So motorized scooters is a hot topic really across the nation, and it's just... Uh, getting started in Washington, and there's a few separate issues. There's one, the devices themselves. Uh, I think given the progress in battery technology and the development of these technologies, there's more of um, a market, and uh, the prices come down. So there are a lot of folks that have individually purchased these these devices, and um, there's also the, the separate issue, the related issue, but separate of um, motorized scooter share operators so um, you think think of like bike shares uh, where dockless bike shares where these devices are um, sort of left out there on sidewalks and people can come up and through an app rent their use Um, and this is a very similar idea and so related um, relatedly to the the delivery robots conversation we're our interest in this topic is um, to allow for innovation, but also to preserve local authority to um, permit and regulate these new devices. And that's within all of the rights of way, so sidewalks, bike lanes, everything yeah. included. Yeah, also similar to, to delivery robots, these, these bills are under negotiation right now, and we're involved in those, and there's kind of a policy question of should these be allowed to operate on the sidewalk? Should there be a state prohibition on that? Um, or should it be left to the locals? Or you know, should there be kind of a compromise of, if there is no local regulation, then they're prohibited from operating on the sidewalk. But if a local jurisdiction wants to opt in and allow that on their sidewalks, then they can. So pretty interesting conversation. I don't know what the best answer is, but those conversations certainly are going on. Yeah, interesting to track as we see all the different parts of the transportation infrastructure um, within this bill. Initiative 976 is the next one on our list. Uh, Tell me about this initiative and what cities should know about it. So Initiative 976 is an initiative to the legislature. It was heard in committee last week and uh, would do a number of things. Uh, It's similar to the um, $30 car tab initiative from a few years ago. Uh, It would do a number of things. It would reset annual license fees on motor vehicles to $30. It would repeal certain taxes and charges, including taxes funding regional transit authorities and ferry service. It would um, create a new vehicle valuation using the Kelly Blue Book value, uh, require retirement or refinancing of certain uh, regional transit authority bonds, and uh, for cities in particular that we need to be aware of, it it would repeal the authority of city and county transportation benefit districts 
to use fees as a revenue source. Um, and if passed, it would have a significant impact on our state's transportation system. Fiscal estimates show that it will cost state and local governments over $700 million in the 2019-21 biennium and just under $800 million in the 2021-23 biennium. Um, the loss of city transportation benefit district revenue would amount to more than $116 million per biennium. And at this point, the legislature has a limited number of options with an initiative to the legislature. They can pass it into law. They can send it to the November ballot by itself or send it to the November ballot with an alternative or with multiple alternatives. Um, at this point, I think that the most likely outcome for the initiative right now is that it would be sent to um, the November ballot. And once session concludes, AWC, um, because of our, our revenue structure, uh, will no longer be able to advocate uh, for or against the initiative. And so at that point, we will transition to providing informational resources, which you'll be able to find on our website. So um, it's a pretty big deal, and we'll continue to provide um, our analysis and research on it. Great. Thanks for pointing out that caveat about the end of session. The transportation funding package this year, um, so there's been a 10-year package introduced, I've heard, and there was big, much-talked-about 10-year transportation package during the 2015 legislative session. So what's the scoop on the newest transportation package proposal? So the chairman of the Senate Transportation Committee, Senator Steve Hobbs, released his proposal for a transportation funding package a few weeks ago. Um, the hearing was last week. The transportation funding package is actually three different bills. So there's one that concerns revenue, one that concerns spending, and one that concerns bonds. So the 10-year proposal would raise and spend approximately $17 billion on many aspects of the state's transportation system. The major revenue sources for the proposal include a carbon fee, additional fuel taxes, statewide transportation impact fees, vehicle weight fees, and uh, a few other, a few other mechanisms. Um, the expenditures of the proposal include state, tribal, and local improvement projects, fish culverts, and that, um, that line item would uh, be for both state and local culverts, and they're looking at spending that money in a watershed, um, using a watershed policy. Some of the other things that the money would be spent on was highway preservation and maintenance, funding for the Transportation Improvement Board and the Freight Mobility Strategic Investment Board, which are both important for uh, small communities, and ferry replacement. At this point, uh, it, the, uh, the three bills have moved out of the Senate Transportation Committee. However, it was on um, a pretty narrow vote and most likely it will not progress this session, uh, but we'll continue to watch it. These transportation proposals most often are multi-year efforts to actually get to enactment, and uh, this is the first year of this proposal. So um, I think we're in for a few more years of, of working on this and thinking about it before it actually becomes a law. Okay, that makes sense. Next up, we've got the Pavement Data Bill, which is House Bill 2038. Tell me about this bill and why cities are supportive. So this is a good little bill. It's being primed by um, a former city elected, Representative Bill Ramos. And uh, it really comes out of a bill from a few years ago that sought to repeal a data collection requirement that cities have to do. Um, that bill passed, but it passed as a study 
that WashDOT, the Washington State Department of Transportation, um, take a look at this requirement and kind of come back with some findings. Um, their review showed that it was unclear why the reporting requirement existed and that nothing happened with the data after it was reported to the Transportation Commission and the legislature. So we think that it's, it's kind of a cleanup bill. It would repeal the current requirement uh, that cities report this data, um, but it also continues to maintain um, certain data collection that WashDOT must do uh, due to federal requirements. So I think that it repeals kind of an onerous burden on us while also maintaining some um, analysis and accountability. So next up on our list, we have city traffic safety cameras, House Bill 1793 Senate Bill 5789. Tell me about these bills. So 1793 is continuing to move. We are supportive of it, and it would expand the types of violations that automatic traffic safety cameras can be used to detect. Currently, automatic traffic safety cameras can currently be used to cite infractions at stoplights, railroad crossings, school speed zones, and certain other speed zones. This bill would allow traffic cameras to be used to detect drivers who obstruct traffic, stop within an intersection or crosswalk, illegally drive in transit-only lanes, or stop, block, or park in a zone restricted to emergency response vehicles and public transit. So we'll see where this bill um, gets to. I think that every time that these uh, traffic safety camera bills come up, they are extremely contentious. So um, if it passes, it most likely will be in a narrower form. All right, thanks for that, Logan. Lastly, what can our members do if they have questions about some of these bills that we talked about today? Well, the government relations team at the AWC can always answer questions. We can be found, um, our contact information can be found on the website. And members should also check their inboxes. We send uh, weekly updates, our legislative bulletin during session, and we have a wealth of information on our website. So really, that's the best resource. Awesome. Thanks for joining me today, Logan. Thank you. Visit our website, wafcities.org slash advocacy slash news to stay up on the latest. I'm Emma Shepard. We'll see you next time.